Hello, fellow nerds. Check out our network site, nerdsloth.com. You can also connect with us on social media like the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. If you like what you hear, look for Nerdsloth on Patreon and consider donating to help us continue delivering quality shows straight to your ears. If you'd like to help the shows out for free, head over to iTunes and write a heartfelt review. I mean it. Make me cry happy tears. But seriously, though, anything you can do really helps us out and we love you for it. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, Lionel, command it. I also command that you keep listening to Adrian Has Issues. Hey everybody, welcome to Adrian Has Issues. Before I even get into the introduction, I'm going to tell a really stupid, embarrassing story. So the year is 1998. This is what? Oh God, like seventh grade maybe? (laughs) And I've made no mistake about the fact that I'm a huge Power Rangers fan. Matter of fact, this is going back like I think episode eight or nine. Me and a couple of buddies of mine, we were talking about Power Rangers. And then on episode 29, one of our... uh, friends of the show, one of our regulars, Steven Petrovelli, who has his great comic, Sweetie, turns out he's a big fan, so of course we spent half the time talking more about the show than we're actually talking about his comic, but, you know, he was super chill about it, and we had a great time. So, back in 98, Power Rangers in Space, I had just started watching Power Rangers again after kind of falling off of, like, the Turbo years, because as a kid, I was huge into Mighty Morphin Zeo, and then Turbo happened, and I'm like, ah, you know what, I'm kind of falling off, but then I see a promo about a show called Power Rangers in Space, and I'm like, look, I like Power Rangers, I like space, someone was crazy enough to put them together, let's check this out. So I'll never forget it, it was a Saturday at, I think, like, 4... Four o'clock, maybe three thirty, and I'm sitting there, two liter bottle of Surge, because <laughs> this is the '90s, <laughs> watching Parents in Space, and it became one of my absolute favorite shows. Who would have thought that some damn near what twenty years later that I'd actually be talking to someone from this show? So with all that said and done, uh, today's guest killed Zordon, <laughs> killed him dead. <laughs> And I've listened to his Q&As, and I know he takes great pride in the fact that he was the guy to do it. But don't worry, it was done for completely awesome reasons. But I would like to introduce to the show the Red Ranger from Power Rangers in Space. Please welcome Christopher Kamen Lee. Christopher, welcome to the show, and I'm really excited to talk to you today. Thank you for probably the most interesting introduction I've ever been a part of. Thank you. <laughs> I, I Hopefully it's a good interesting <laughs> Yeah, it's a good one. It, it's a, it's a good, interesting, but good God. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I know I kind of went on a little bit there, but I just had to set the stage <laughs> because I think the reason why I appreciate that show so much is because I kind of heard some rumors that essentially that prior to space, that essentially the show was going to be like completely canceled. So like, oh, hey, the show's going to end anyway. So we're kind of going to go out on a bang. So I don't know how true that is. That is 100% true. When we had just started filming, some of the producers came up to us like right at the beginning and they said, um, so this is going to be the last series of Power Rangers. So just to let you guys know that. And they're all like, huh, okay, wow. Didn't know that. And halfway through, I think, our season, 
those same producers came up to us and said, okay, so this show is really taking off and there's a lot of money coming in. So we're going to keep this shit going on for as long as forever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's kind of cool. Cause on one end I had imagined that sort of sucks that someone's basically telling you that what you do is not going to matter. Cause they're going to cancel it anyway. But then they turn around and be like, wait a minute, you actually saved this franchise. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of good. <laughs> well, pretty good. When we talk Power Rangers, usually Mighty Morphin is the one that gets mentioned a lot because, you know, that show started it all here. So I know in space, unless you're like a diehard, really doesn't get mentioned a lot, which is kind of a shame because of the fact that so much weird shit happens in that show. And like you said, probably because of the fact that it was going to end anyway. So you pretty much have Power Rangers whose villains are siblings. Rangers are dating villains. There's like weird love triangles. Do you have a best friend who's in a coma and no one knows why you kept him in the basement of your ship? I don't know, but it was just bad shit insane, but it was so much fun. Good way to wrap it up. Yes, that's exactly what it was. And let's rip off as much as we can from Star Wars. <laughs> I was 100% on board with that. The moment that they told me that I was basically going to be Luke Skywalker, I was like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Done. Let's do this. <laughs> right? Because then the other day, I was like, you know what? I have to rewatch some of the show because I was going through some of my favorite episodes. Like the very last episode where right before your character goes onto the Astro Mega ship and you're talking to, uh, I forget what her name was, the Yellow Ranger, and you're going through that whole speech about how like... Oh, you know, my sister had to like basically see if there's some good in her. And I'm like, this is totally Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's been about 20 years since that show came on. And I know you, as a bunch of the other actors on the show, have been doing the convention rounds. So, I mean, kind of a simple question, but did you really foresee that years after this show had long since been off air that there'd still be such a huge interest in Power Rangers and especially your season? You know, I've been asked before, like, you know, oh, did you know that it was so big when you first got on there and all that stuff? And I was like, yes, I did know because, you know, I have eyes and ears and I can see that kids love Power Rangers. I'm not really surprised that the show, like Power Rangers itself, has had such a, a long ongoing following with fans because it basically hits on all the all the things that you know kids love which is lots of colors things blow up good guys win bad guys die whatever right i'm not surprised that that in itself has survived for as long as it has and flourished a little more surprised you know at times when i hear about you know people who when i hear people who come up to me at cons and say you know dude I grew up watching you and you were my favorite series hands down. I never liked any other one. And I'm looking at him like, you're like 20. You saw my show when you were two. You don't, <laughs> you don't even know, you know, the words mommy and daddy yet at that point. I don't know. Maybe you do, but, but the point is like, wow, really? It made that much of an impact on you. I, that does, that does surprise the hell out of me that, um, that I, I do hear that quite often that people come up and say, you know, oh, I really loved you guys a series. And I said, you like Star Wars, don't you? And they said, yep. One of the constant themes of this show is, you know, creators and indie creators and the constant dialogue of you never know exactly who you're going to inspire or who's, you know, who's going to really just take a, a liking to the things that you do. Because, you know, to some, it may just be, you know, all right, I was just playing a part. I'm just acting like this may just be a gig. Matter of fact, I was at a panel. Uh, this is going back two years ago of some of the Rangers from 
the original show, and there's these people who are my age, a little bit older, and they're telling them these, you know, pretty harrowing stories for a panel about, you know, them getting, like, beat up in school, and this was essentially, like, this got them through, like, some really rough times with, like, divorces and things like that, and I'm like, wow, that's, I mean, that's kind of rough to hear, like, just out in the open, but, I mean, wow, I mean, not bad for a kid show that so many people thought was just kind of goofy. True enough, yeah. I know, I thought the first one was goofy as hell. <laughs> I was um, going through some of the uh, the Q&As, but I figured you had to tell this story because I thought it was so funny. Uh, the story of you meeting uh, Justin Nimmo, who played the, uh, uh, the Silver Space Ranger. I knew you were going to bring that up. I knew it! I, <laughs> the moment you said, oh, there was one story that you should have to bring up again, I knew it was going to be Nemo! Okay. Because <laughs> it's such a great story, and I okay. think this, this is perfect. Okay, so I, I have my own YouTube channel, and I get questions all the time. And one of the questions on my Q&As was, how did – well, no, they said, uh, was Power Rangers in space the first time you ever met Justin Nemo, or did you ever meet him before that? And I answered it, and I said, uh, no. That was the very first time that he and I had ever met. We, we didn't know each other before that. And pretty much immediately when I met him, I instantly hated him. And the reason why was because I was looking at him as though this son of a bitch is going to try to steal my show from me. He didn't even come on to the show until like halfway through the season. Right. They didn't have him for like the first 20 or so episodes or something like that. So, yeah, that's what I thought was, oh, great. So, yeah, you know, I've been busting my ass and all this shit. And now this son of a bitch, he shows up. And now he is going to be the big focus of the show. Fuck him. So, uh, so yeah, when he first showed up, I, you know, I didn't want to have anything to do with him. I didn't want to talk to him, hang out with him. I didn't want to do nothing with him. And then I realized, I honestly, I just sat there and I, I, I like, I don't know. I had a very adult moment. I mean, I was only like, uh, 20 at the time. So I was a kid, but I had a very adult moment where I thought to myself, this is really stupid. Don't, don't be this asshole. <laughs> you don't even know him. Why would you like automatically hate this guy and you don't know him? And that's retarded. So I just realized that, you know what? I'll give him a shot. The next episode that he's around, I will make a conscious effort to hang out with him, to, to get to know him, to talk to him and all this shit. And I did. And if I could marry that son of a bitch right now, I would. <laughs> I love him that much. And he and I were like instantly were totally close. And we were basically like the characters that we were playing on screen that's pretty close to how we were like in real life. It wasn't that much of a stretch. So once I took that wall down, like every scene that I ever had with Justin, it was no longer really acting. I mean, it was just acting as far as like the dialogue, but beyond that, like the personality was already there. It was really funny. Cause I haven't had that happen too many times where like, you know, somebody that I work with, I just instantly like, bam, bros for life, that kind of shit. And it really like came through in a show. That's kind of art imitating life, considering that a good chunk of that show is this guy who supposedly was your dear friend, Justin. His character, like you know, he's unthought or what have you. Mm -hmm. He's back into the fold immediately. You get pissed because he's like, "You stealed my girl, damn it!" Yeah, that's 
That's the bullshit stuff right there. And I would kick the shit out of Justin if he did that. I would do it very lovingly, but I would just beat his brains in. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny because I actually should thank Justin for kind of how this came about. It was one day I'm just going through because I'm hanging out watching Power Rangers, my girlfriend. Meanwhile, she's very lovingly just kind of like, you're still watching this? I'm like, yes, I'm sorry. This is... <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good time, brother. <laughs> it's not at all, but at the same time, it's like I go on these weird nostalgia trips. So I had one of those, you know what? What are they up to now? Like, what are they doing? So I was looking up the Silver Ranger for some reason. So I was like, oh, just him, he's pretty cool. And then, you know, checking out his Instagram feed. So then I kind of fell down his rabbit hole where it's like, oh, hey, this is what they're all up to. And then that's when I found out about you. And what I thought was cool was that um you uh, run a comic book company, West Coast Comics, which I thought was awesome. So I'm like, perfect. That's kind of what we do here. And I thought that was a really interesting thing. So I guess what I really wanted to ask, and how did the whole West Coast Comics thing come about? A few years ago, I decided I was going to go to school again, uh, which for me, that was like 200 years ago. So I, I looked around and I, I found a place called Westwood University. And when I went there, I, I talked to the guy that was going to be showing me around and I said to him, hey, you know, um, what I really want to do is I really want to write for video games. That is to say, dialogue, plot, character bios, all of this stuff. I want to really work on doing that stuff for video games because I know that video game industry is like the, the highest grossing industry, you know, as far as money goes, hands down. So I was like, why wouldn't I want to get into that? That sounds pretty good. Let's do that. So yeah, I went to this place and I asked him, so that's what I want to do. Is this place going to be good for that? And the guy uh, who was showing me around, he said, absolutely. Yes, you're definitely going to go over that. No, he fucking lied to me. No, we never, never even got close to that. Whoa, what? what? Really? Why would he even do that? Like, are they that hungry for enrollment? Yeah, they just want you to enroll at certain schools, not all schools, but at certain, certain places. However, unbeknownst to me, at the same time, there was another guy who was also looking at the place, and his name is Danny. And he went there, and he asked them almost the exact same thing. Uh, but he said, I really want to know – I really want to focus on writing for comic books. Is this going to be a good school for that? And I believe it was the exact same person who told him, oh, absolutely, yes. You're definitely going to go over that. No. No, you don't. <laughs> Please. <laughs> They kind of scammed us both, but, but the silver lining to it was Danny and I met each other there. We found out that we lived literally 10 minutes away from each other and that we both had a very, a, a shared interest in writing. I've been writing since I was 12 and he, I don't know, he probably has been too, but he's a little bit younger than me, but we both have always appreciated writing and I think it was his idea where he was like, you know what? We should work on doing a comic book or something like that. And I was like, yeah, screw it. Let's go for that. And it just friggin' happened like that. I mean, we just both decided, you know what? We're going to start working on characters. And I mean, this took years for us to really even get anything going, but yeah, we, we started working on trying to create characters, trying to come up with backstories to everybody, trying to figure out exactly how they could possibly intersect with each other and all this kind of crap. We both left the school and we were like, screw it. We're going to work on the comic. And that's what we did. 
That's crazy. And, you know, that also happens. I mean, there, I can't tell you how many creators that I've talked to where, you know, you see this book and you're like, oh man, this looks so cool. It's like, yeah, I've had this story. I've been working on it for like literally decades. You're like, wow, that, that's kind of crazy. And, you know, I guess from a reader standpoint, as far as comics, I'm so used to being like every month, you know, a book's going to come out and hopefully it's good. But it really wasn't until, you know, starting a podcast, talking to creators and realizing just how much work goes into creating a comic as well as characters, especially if you're doing it from the ground up. Yes. Yes. It is a really daunting task. I run West Coast Comics and I'm also the lead writer, which, you know, that gives me extra headaches to deal with. (laughs) And it it wasn't until that recently that Danny had to kind of quit and leave. Oh man, that's, I'm so sorry to hear that. I mean, he and I are still friends and all that, but um, it's just, you know, too much work. And, you know, he already, he works in 95 and all that stuff. So it's like, I can't really focus on it and all that stuff. And, and, Actually, like very shortly before that, Josh, who has always been my artist, he had to leave too. Um, oh <laughs> which, man, yeah, which was yeah, it was kind of funny because it was really just the three of us doing it. But he had to leave because he was getting offers to work on all these other things, you know, um, like uh, particularly like cartoons and shit, like on uh, Cartoon Network and stuff like that. So he was like, "Oh wow." Yeah, he was like, "There's no way that I can do them both." And I told him, I was like, "No, I totally get it, man. I, I completely get it." So, you know, don't, you know, don't feel bad about that. I, you know, I, I totally understand. So, you know, the comic itself, it had to go like, just, I had to put it on the shelf for a while. It's just like, I, there's nothing I can do. I mean, it's just me. And please don't anybody ever ask me to do any artwork because that shit will look terrible. <laughs> That's not going to happen. But yeah, it wasn't until last year in November. That was when I got reacquainted with somebody who came up to my booth handed me a picture and said, Oh, Hey dude, I drew this for you. And it was friggin' crazy. Awesome. Gorgeous. Uh, the guy who came up to me is Rando Calrissian, but I guess a lot of people know him as uh, Rando 20 XX. Uh, he kind of has a thing for Mega Man. <laughs> I was just about to make a re- Mega Man reference. He said 20 XX, but I'm like, okay, I'm pretty sure he's going to say it anyway. <laughs> He's, yeah, yeah. He's got a little bit of a thing for Mega Man. But yeah, he uh, he showed me a picture. Actually, he has a thing for Mega Man, and he has a thing for Robocop. And he drew me a picture. He did a he did a, an image of Robocop from the original movie and handed it to me. It was a big picture, and his girlfriend had colored it in, and it looks absolutely insanely gorgeous. And I told the two of them right then and there, Rando and Kat, his girlfriend, I said, you know what? I want you two to work with me in West Coast Comics. And, and he just looked at me and was like, yes. <laughs> He's like, this is my calling. <laughs> this is it. This is where we're going right now. Yes. So yeah, we're all working together now. And we're working on coloring the original comics that we did, the original comics that I did. It was a very monochromatic color scheme, but reds and yellows and blues would all show up. So what he was saying was, you know what? Why don't we just go ahead and color the whole damn thing in? I was like, you know what? Why don't we just do that? Go for it. Nice. So, yeah. So we are going to be recoloring the whole original six again and then thinking about putting it together as like a, a big graphic novel, you know? Right. Selling it as a limited run series. Very cool. Yeah. And we're working on the next series and all that shit. 
the next whole run of the comics and all that stuff. And I've already got two or three other ideas for other comics that some of them have already been written out. I mean, it's 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 a lot of shit that we do. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, you were doing it with three guys before, and I mean, you have a new team, but that's still nuts. I mean, shoot, you could pick up any comic off of a shelf, and you could look at the creative team, and it almost covers an entire page. Like, a lot of yeah. people... <laughs> And that's with a whole crew. So imagine, you know, having, you know, less personnel. So that's even more work that has to go through with it. Absolutely. You're 100% correct. Everybody has to pick up the job of like three or four people each. So I guess we probably should get into the comic itself and um, what it's about as far as at least uh, a quick premise. The one thing that I've always likened it to would be um, it's kind of got the same mindset as the idea for the Avengers. Not in that, you know, they're all heroic and they're all that shit. No, but when you look at the Avengers, everybody has a completely different, like, type of backstory. Right. Um, everybody that has a superpower, they have it for a different reason. You know, it, it's not like with the X-Men where everybody's a mutant. So that's why we can all do this crazy shit. <laughs> but no, everybody in the Avengers is all like, we're all over the place. That's what I kind of liken it to. And it's a very much it's a fish out of water kind of story because most of the characters that um, the main set of characters, there's six of them. Every one of them has something that really makes it so they don't fit into society as a whole. Two of them eat people, which usually oh, <laughs> it's not very, you know, a lot of people don't find that very PC. I personally don't give a shit. You want to eat a person? Go ahead. Have fun with it. But the world at large, they don't really like so, you know, that's the way it is. So think Avengers, but with more cussing, more swearing, a hell of a lot more blood and cannibalism. Thumbs up. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm kind of sold already because, you know, it's weird asking this question, like, completely sincerely. <laughs> I guess is cannibalism cool again? Because, um, shoot, what was it <laughs> I was just watching on Netflix? Um, The Santa Clara Diet with um Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant. I could have sworn that was about cannibalism. I, I haven't seen it. I know what you're talking about, uh, but I haven't seen that yet. And if they're talking about cannibalism, then wow. Okay. Well. Yeah. Like, it's weird because I thought it was like this couple's drama and, you know, whatever. But there's like this weird thing where, I don't know, it's like someone's a murderer and I think someone, one of them eats people. But then I was just reading um this article about this, I think it's French, this movie called Raw, which I think is also about cannibalism. And it's beginning rave reviews from critics. And I think it's about to make a... Uh, a pretty big statewide push, but I'm like, holy shit, cannibals are kind of in again, which I guess it's like, you know, we've kind of done zombies a little bit to death, so this is kind of like that next step, maybe, where it's like, no one's really creeped out if someone who's undead or infected eats somebody, whatever. But what if that person's wholly aware of the fact that they're doing it and they enjoy it? See, that's kind of fucked up, but kind of amazing at the same time. <laughs> I can dig it. I can totally dig where you're coming from on that, Yes. And yeah, I, I, you know, it was actually something that Danny and I had talked about a long time ago regarding zombies. We both, at the same time, we both said, okay, count of three, one, two, three, fuck zombies. That was, <laughs> we were not going to put zombies into the comic book ever. And I still, you know, I will not put zombies into it because I can't stand zombies. Any, I honestly believe any monster that you can get away from by briskly walking, that's not a scary monster. <laughs> You know, if a five-year-old can run circles around it, no, it's not as much of a threat. I guess that's why they started doing, like, you know, 28 Days Later and, like, the one Dawn of the Dead remake where they're, like, running and things like that. But granted, yeah. they're not even zombies, so I guess that's, yeah. you know. 
But no, this sounds like a really awesome comic, though. And especially when you said the Avengers and the fact that that's why I love that book, or at least the later incarnations, because of the fact that they're all out of their minds. They all have way too much ego. And then you're having these people forced to work together. None of them really like each other. Yeah, I think you're I think you're pretty right there with that. Um, I, I I was never going for that level of ego with these characters in, in my book, but I can totally concur with what you're saying. Yeah. Which is always so weird, like with Civil War, where Tony Stark's all heartbroken. It's like, you're my friend, too. I'm like, what are you talking about? The minute Captain America showed up, you were talking shit about him. When were you ever friends? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was... Uh, I wasn't 100% sold on that movie to begin with, but uh, eh, whatever. There was only like eight people in it. And, you know, with the uh, Civil War story in Marvel, I mean, there was, there was a lot of people in that. But I can understand, you know, they can't, they certainly can't put like 80 different characters on the screen because everybody will be on the screen for literally four seconds and that's it. Now, with the collection, are you then going to self-publish it or are, um, are you possibly looking to maybe pitch to any particular company? Well, I would prefer to self-publish it because working with any other company, there have been a couple that I've reached out to in the past uh, because they, they had said certain things that like really kind of hit home with me when you go to publish with any company who's already a a well-established company their first thoughts are okay how can we use this how can we make money on it and how are we going to be able to change it to what we want it to be which is not what you know the creator the writer the artist that is not what they want nobody wants that you don't want to lose, you know, the whole of your. Uh, you don't want to lose a whole of your uh, your IP because it's yours. It's like your baby, you know. Exactly. I've, I've put, good God, I d- maybe ten years into this thing. I don't know. It certainly feels like it. If it's not ten, then it's close. It's like nine. So I would not want to pitch this to say somebody like Image or Dark Horse or whatever, and then say to them, you know, hey, you know, what do you think? And them saying, sure, but we uh, we want to change this character to that and that character. That, I would just hang up the phone right there. I was going to say, because if you lose the cannibal characters, I, I, I'm not <laughs> checking it out. <laughs> <laughs> the cannibals stay in the book. Click. <laughs> I can take it. <laughs> you would really like some of the ideas that I have in the, for the future, though, too. Because Cause you know what it is? Like, I mean, I'm sure you as well. You know, we've been reading comic books for most of our lives. And I still love them. I dig them. But at the same time, and again, I, I don't want this to kind of be like this whole thing of like, you know, the major companies suck. It's definitely nothing like that. Cause I'm still reading tons of Marvel, not much in the way of DC, but mostly I grew up Marvel. And, but it wasn't until I would say maybe in the last 10, close to 15, where the wires start to show a little bit and you're saying to yourself, okay, I like, let's say Captain America or even like, you know, Hawkeye, I don't know. But then you realize you're kind of going, you're sort of spinning your wheels. And it's always interesting to me, like the comics that end up becoming popular, like um, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye was a huge hit, but it's only because it wasn't really a superhero book. You know, yeah, he fought like some local gangsters and things like that, but it was a different take. But, you know, that's only now that that's starting to happen. But at least when it comes to indie comics, what's cool about it, and especially now since that's obviously like a very big thing, is that people are finally looking at, you know, the books that we've read and be like, you know what? I like comics as a medium, but you know what? This shit's kind of getting boring. Let's mix it up a little bit. Yeah. So why not do something a little different? Why not get a little weird with it? Because ultimately, if the creators are bored, then the readers are going to get bored. 
Yeah, and I really appreciate you saying that because one thing I've always felt that kind of lacks in a lot of comic books, like it, it doesn't matter what company you're talking about, but you don't get to see a lot of downtime for whoever the character is. You you pretty much always see them working, quote unquote. And I don't like that. My favorite comic book that I have, period, is it's actually an X-Men comic, but it's it's got uh, a number of the X-Men as well as Ben Grimm in it. And the entire comic is them just playing poker and talking. Yes. Or like the issues where they would be playing like softball behind right. the mansion or something like that. Yes. I love that. And that's also the thing that we try to focus with this story is that I want to show. I mean, obviously, you have to show action at some point. And Right. You know, and especially since I, I really love showing gory shit. I mean, there's people that are going to literally be ripped in half, um, like right down the middle vertically. <laughs> but I love showing how people or in some cases, not really people, but other types of things, how they re- relax, how they unwind, what it is that they do. What are they like when they're not on the clock? Right. That's something that I've always truly loved doing. And I love reading that in characters because that actually is what shows character. I mean, you can have Cyclops run into a warehouse and blast everybody with his optic blast and, you know, okay, come on, X-Men, let's keep moving. That's great. But that's that's not who he is. That's just what he does. You know, that doesn't define who the man is. Exactly. If I sit there and I see him and then afterwards they do that, he goes out to a pub and then he starts playing. He starts throwing darts all night and telling jokes to everybody. That's showing character, you know? Right. Going back to the X-Men, another one of my favorites was I think it's like Colossus and Kitty Pride broke up or something like that. So I think it was like Wolverine, maybe Nightcrawler, Colossus, like they're at a bar or whatever. And Colossus is so pissed off that he broke up with his girl, which is his fault because he's a dick, by the way. But point is, like, he gets so upset that he essentially picks a fight with Juggernaut, who also happens to be drinking at the bar. And they get into this massive bar brawl and, like, level the place. <laughs> and then basically <laughs> Juggernaut essentially just telling him, like, don't don't take it out on me because you know you're hurt you know it's like you don't get that anymore like you really don't and like i said i've been reading comics for ages and i don't know what let's say cyclops favorite book is or you know what, what do they do other than you know fight either each other or other villains and i, I think it's a really good point that and i guess the way i say it is no one plays softball anymore yeah that's a good way to put it and like, I'm glad that you latch onto that. And I'm glad other people are starting to realize that because if you don't know anything about the, you know, background of the character, then you're not going to really get anything out of the book. Right. Yes. Damn. You know, you should, <laughs> you should start a podcast sometime. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, well, maybe like you, you could too. I mean, it, it's great fun. And I've had an absolute blast talking to creators and i mean it's only made me a little bit more opinionated as far as comic books go because now you start to look back at some of the stuff you read and I'm like why was this ever a thing like this isn't what i want anymore but you know you get older your tastes change and hey i mean shoot i'm still watching power rangers after how many years so <laughs> i guess i can't judge <laughs> so one of your q a's i remember you had this whole uh, diatribe about the fact that you could not stand Batman, which I kind of <laughs> thought was an interesting issue. Like, and I like Batman. I enjoyed, you know, the movies and the comics and the cartoons and stuff, but I don't think you ever really got into it. So what exactly was it about Batman that you did not like exactly? 
the thing that I can't stand about the character Batman is exactly what we were talking about before. There is no character to him. He has no character. Batman is his job, and that is it. There is, in fact, no Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne does not exist. It's only Batman. And when he's not wearing the cape, then it's Batman pretending to be Bruce Wayne. That's what I can't stand about the character, is that there's no real deep character to him. But on top of that, I I look at him and I don't see that he really has any strong conflict in his life that's making him do what he does. Like, I, I think that at any given moment, he could just, you know, say to himself, you know what? Fuck it. I've saved this city who knows how many times. These assholes are just going to come back next week. <laughs> I'm going to move to Hawaii. Screw this shit. And then just do it. There's no reason why he can't do that. One of the Dark Knight movies, didn't he just do that? <laughs> like, he basically just fucked off and, like, went to Italy or something? Yeah, at the end of the last movie, which was the most convoluted movie I'd ever seen. Oh, my God. That was so ridiculous. <laughs> that was, you know, anybody who, who was a fan of that movie, stop and think to yourself, why? Why am I a fan of this movie? Because there's just too much shit that they're trying to throw into it. You know, right. it was just so much stuff. Did Catwoman actually have to be in that movie? No. Did Bane even have to be in it? No, no, but you know, whatever, fine. They were, um, but yeah, at the end of that film, yeah, he just gets up and says, fuck it. We're going to Sicily. Why not? <laughs> You know, and there's no reason why he couldn't have done that 20 years before. There's no reason. For a while, I was thinking to myself, because after I think I watched that bit where you at least got into a little bit of that. But then I thought about it. Like, okay, now I know of myself. I used to think of it as this. Here's a guy who obviously is completely just wrecked, you know, childhood trauma, watching his parents get killed in front of him. A little obsessive, you know, trying to right that wrong. And obviously he never will. So he's essentially... Like, you know, his compulsion is to constantly just keep reliving that moment over and over again, donning this costume, trying to avenge what can't be avenged. So at the point where, you know, and I know this is something that the Joker, they kind of go on about is, you know, he's just about as psychotic because it's like long after that stopped being a thing, like you're still doing this. And I'm pretty sure he has no reason why. And I, at one point, I think, okay. Maybe it's the, I don't know if it's the writing that's different. That's a little, um, that's the problem for me because it's like, it's rarely is it written that way where you realize that this guy is kind of a maniac, but it's more of, you're right. Like, why can't he just quit then? You know, yeah. it seemed less intentional and more of maybe just, I don't want to say lazy writing, but you know, maybe they're kind of painted into a corner with them. Well, one, one thing that, um, I feel is universal amongst all comic book companies is that nobody seems to understand how to really write somebody who is crazy. They don't know how to do it. And what's bad is that people that like their characters, they get labeled as certain things, but they're not actually crazy or whatever. Like Deadpool. Everybody says all the time he's insane. No, he's not. He's manic. That's it. He's not insane. He's manic to a point where he's always on a high. Because even when you, if you watch his movies, if you read the comics, when he just has something terrible happen to him, he complete, he totally, like, immediately follows it up with something to make you laugh and bring it up again. Right. 
he's always getting high off of a good feeling. He's manic. Um, you take uh, the Joker. Is he crazy? Not really. No, he's a lunatic. But that doesn't mean that he's actually crazy because he does have the sense to put together um, more more along in like the comics rather than in the movies and shit. But he does have the sense to put together these elaborate, really insane mousetrap esque bullshit schemes that usually almost work. And then it's just that one thing that fucks it up. And then, damn it, that bat got away again. Whatever. <laughs> but being able to clearly put that shit together, you have to have some clarity of thought. You can't right. be just completely crazy bonkers because then he would barely be able to string together four words in a sentence. Or Frank Castle, is he crazy? No, he's not crazy. He's severely fucking depressed because his children and his wife were murdered. That'll do it. Yeah. But are any of these characters actually crazy? No. But Batman might be. I don't know. Because he doesn't seem to get it that, you know, what you're doing, it's not helping anything. It's not really hurting anything. But what you're doing is just, it's, you're just repeating the same task over and over again. And it's not like he's even expecting a different outcome. I know that, you know, somebody had once said something like, you know, oh, the, uh, the definition of madness or insanity is, uh, repeating the same task over and over again and expecting a different uh, result. No, that's not true. That's not true. It was misquoted from Einstein from, you know, the 40s and shit. But at the same time, that's what he is doing. He's always doing that. Beat the shit out of the Joker or the Penguin or the Riddler or whoever the hell it is. Take him, throw him into Arkham, and then a week and a half later they're out and they're doing literally the exact same thing. Dude, just move. Just <laughs> you're not helping the situation in, you know. I just find it's crazy the fact that Dick Grayson, you know, he essentially gets like aged out like it's fucking Menudo, where it's like, <laughs> all right, I'm kind of too old to be wearing like these green shorts. Mm -hmm. Let me go ahead. I'm gonna be Nightwing. I'm gonna do my own thing. You know, Batman kind of gets a little bit of static. Was like, you know what? Fine, leave. Finds a random kid, and this kid is, you know, he's boosting his fucking car, and it's like, you look like you could fight crime. Basically, makes him wear the <laughs> same uniform, and this kid gets beaten with the crowbar to death, then blown up. <laughs> then he's like, shit, he's dead. Gets a third kid, dresses the exact same way. Like that is bat shit. <laughs> 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 I just realized. <laughs> you realized what you were going to say, too. I realized what I was going to say, and I'm like, oh, please, I, I could not have scripted that. That is so <laughs> lame. But uh, I think the, the, the best person in the world to ever talk to, as far as Robin goes, is actually Rando, my new artist, because uh, he loves Robin. And he was explaining it to me. He said that Robin is probably the best part of the, the entire Batman comic series. I believe he was getting at that, like, Robin is the point of view to look at it from, like, I guess maybe if you're an outsider or something like that. I think that's what he was trying to say. But he did explain it to me. And, you know, one day you should talk to Rando about it. And he will, oh, my God, he'll talk to you for about six and a half hours about it. I hope <laughs> you need to put a large block of time aside to do that. But, yeah, Robin, in his opinion, is the greatest part of the Batman series. And you know what? Maybe he is. I don't know. I just I never cared for Batman himself simply because there's nothing to him. There's nothing to the character. There is no character. He doesn't have a friggin personality. One of the funniest uh, comparisons I ever heard was 
what's the difference between Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne? Tony Stark enjoys his money. He does. Yes. Yeah. He has a life. He goes out and does shit. You know, he'll do shit. He'll fucking have fun. He'll go out and like, you know, he, he I don't know. He'll, hey, you know what? You want to fly to Hawaii? Let's just do that. And then I'll buy it. I don't know. But yeah, he just does shit because he wants to have fun. He wants to enjoy himself. Whereas Batman wants to, he wants to wallow in his own self-pity. I mean, aside from it being depressing to look at, it's also really annoying because the whole, oh, my parents died. You were fucking six. What were you <laughs> going to do? Were you going to jump up and catch the bullet midair? Probably not. So what the fuck could you have done? How is this your fault when you're a six-year-old? I know that, you know, when you're racked with grief, you can't really think clearly. But he's also supposed to be, quote-unquote, the world's greatest detective. You would imagine that he has at least some functioning brain cells. He should realize that it wasn't his fault that his parents got killed. I don't know. Like he is fun to psychoanalyze, though. So from that angle, he might actually be one of the best. You know, he might actually be one of the best comic book characters. Because with Stark, you know, like you said, he's kind of pretty cut and dry. Like I mean, that constant thing of he's always getting in his own way. Every time he thinks he's helping, he's just making things far worse. And you know, there's not a lot of gray. You kind of figure him out. Yeah. In that case, maybe Batman's one of those things. Like maybe he's like a secret success. I don't know, man. I just know that to me, it's boring to read it because it's like there's nothing to him. You know, if I could see if I could see a comic where he just decides, you know, what, fuck it. I know they put the bat light on and all this shit, but I'm in the middle of making pancakes and I really need some banana nut bread pancakes. So fuck that shit. Okay. Wait, Batman could grow a personality somewhere? Holy shit. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, there you go. We need to pitch that story. The well-adjusted Bruce Wayne. (laughs) Where one day he just wakes up and realizes, I kind of don't want to do this anymore. You know, he turns off, you know, all of his surveillance equipment. The signal, like you said, the signal goes up, makes pancakes, he hangs out. It's like, you know, he instantly the car's like, you want to play Xbox? I'm like, no. He He doesn't force children to dress up in really, really, really revealing outfits and run around and get beat up by big, big, strong men. Yeah. Oh, man, I would read the hell out of that. And I don't know, because maybe I'm not the person to ask, but has there ever been a series that's just been strictly Bruce Wayne's point of view, like the day to day? I don't believe there has, because there's no Bruce Wayne. That's the problem. That that was always the, the problem with the characters, that there's just no Bruce Wayne. He's always just Batman. I think the only time where there ever actually was a Bruce Wayne was when it was fucking Adam West playing him as Bruce Wayne. Because he was charming and funny and Adam West, you know, so that's that's the best way to actually see. I mean, in my opinion, what do I know? But in my opinion, that's the best way to really see Bruce Wayne, because, I mean, if you look at the comics, you look at the movies, you look at like cartoons and shit like that. Bruce Wayne does not need to be there, does not need to be a part of the equation in any way whatsoever. He doesn't add anything. Which then kind of just makes me think about other comics and let's say even comic book movies where, you know, going back to Civil War, where when they were hyping that big battle at the airport and all the commercials, they're like, oh, this epic showdown. They're going to rip each other's heads off. But then I go to see the movie and I'm laughing. Like, it's funny. Well, yeah. I mean, the best part of that scene, hands down, was fucking Spider-Man. Spider-Man is hilarious. I love that shit. I just love the fact that he just swoops in and like immediately just starts geeking out upon seeing Captain America. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 
And I and I think they did that even earlier, like at the, before the fight got kicked off, when like you know, um, Ant Man comes out of the van, and he sees Cap, and he sees all the Avengers, like, oh yeah, you're great, and he's just like, you know, he's like grabbing his arms and everything, and I'm like, that to me is fun. Like it's cool to see heroes geek out towards each other. It's cool to just see them, like I said, in downtime of just um, matter of fact, what's the one Age of Ultron where they're at that party and they're just kind of hanging out, and you just see them just talking. Yeah, and I think maybe. At least as far as major comic book companies, because again, like a lot of the indie stuff has long since learned this lesson. But you know, there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of levity in your comics. And I'm not saying it needs to be slapstick, pratfalls, you know, fart noises and slipping on banana peels, but it's okay for comic book characters to play baseball again. Absolutely. You are completely 100% correct. I cannot wait to check out this book, by the way. Uh, what was the name again? It was um, LA Crazy Town, correct? LA Crazy Town is my whole series, yes. And uh, the whole series that I have done right now is issue, it's one to six. That's all up on my website, which is westcoastcomics.net. Very cool. I guess before we close out, though, we have to go back Power Rangers for a little bit. So are there any other funny stories from your season other than, you know, almost cussing out Justin Nemo at first? Well, not as much as on set, you know, but off of set, when I first showed up, you know, I didn't know anybody and I was pretty much just like, well, I, I had moved to LA from Miami. I lived in Miami for like a year and a half or so before that and move out to LA and was like, I don't know anybody. I don't know what the hell's going on here, but I figured, okay, I can't stand power Rangers, but I got the job. I'm going to do the best I can with it and I'm going to work my ass off. And the people that I was really trying to reach the most was the stuntmen because the stuntmen were all alpha stunts and they were all the stuntmen from the live show um in japan any one of those men you can run them over with the fucking tank and they will get up and do the second take for it that's crazy yeah they are literally that tough they can do literally anything that you want them to do and you know i started working out with these guys constantly and i just i wanted their not as much approval, but at least like, you know, where you put your hand on the shoulder and you're like, all right, you're not too bad. You know, that kind of thing. Right. And after, I don't know how long, many, many months of kissing ass and taking beatings from them while we were working out. Good God, they beat the shit out of me um, <laughs> in a very loving way, I suppose. No, not really in a loving way. No, it was like, no, learn how to do it right. Smack. But I did finally get to um, to really hang out with them. And really get to, uh, you know, like, well, we got to have our downtime together. So we all would go out to uh, Koreatown and we would go to a place that is a nodebong. And a nodebong is the Korean equivalent to karaoke. Okay. The difference being that with karaoke, you sing in a bar in front of like everybody, whereas with the nodebong, you're in a room, it's just you and your friends. And, you know, you're in a room and all this shit. What you do is, you know, you go into the room, you order your food, you order all your beers and all this shit, whatever you want. And then, okay, here's a book. This is a list of all the songs. Go for it, sing. So I get up and I start singing and I'm like, wow, I'm really terrible at this. They get up and one by one, they're all fucking amazing singers. <laughs> Every fucking one of them was amazing. And I'm just like, Jesus fuck. I can't catch a break with you assholes in any way whatsoever. <laughs> There's literally nothing. You you are better than me at 
fucking everything, you assholes. <laughs> I wonder if they were just playing it up to be like, all right, you know what? Like, we're not even, like, we're good, but you know what? Like, they, they were so nonchalant about it. They're just like, you know, okay, so, uh, you know, Tarahiro, you're going to sing this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, he gets it, and then he just belts it out like he's fucking, oh, God, I hated him. I hated him. I mean, that <laughs> was just pure jealousy rage. But good God, man, that was that was really devastating to see that. It's like, uh, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't you guys be all fucking angelic voices and shit like that? Why wouldn't you be? Sure. <laughs> that is awesome, which I guess, you know, I don't know like, the odds of them even knowing, uh, listening to this, but I always do appreciate stunt crew and a lot of stuff, you know, growing up watching a lot of martial arts movies or action movies because those guys, like, they never really seem to get their due. I mean, it's crazy that, like, why isn't there a stunt category in the Academy Awards, if anything? Because I'm like, they're getting the shit kicked out of them. People have died on, like, horrible movies. That's a, that's a legit question. I never thought about that. Why isn't there a stunt, a stuntman, stuntwoman, stunt performer category with the Academy? Yeah, that's kind of bullshit now that I think about it. Damn. Wow, that needs to be a protest right there. Shit. And I know there's a few, like, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, what is her name? She was in the Grindhouse movies. Zoe Bell, I think is her name. I know she's one of the more high-profile ones. They're releasing all this information about the new Thor movie, and, like, she's teaching Capiera to Kate Blanchett. Like, oh. that's fucking insane. That's a comment I wasn't expecting to hear, but all right. But I'm like, neither was I. And I'm like, well, someone's got to do it. Because if she's going to be in, like, a, a comic book movie, she's fighting. I guess she needs to actually learn a fighting style. And, you know, these are the people that are teaching it. So I'm like, or, you know, doing the stuff that, you know, let's say if uh, Chris Hemsworth, you know, if he's falling off a building. Chris Hemsworth's not falling off a building. He's just going to go hang out in the chair and relax. I mean, you know, he's acting. He's, you know, he's doing his part. But... You know, the stunt people, they're they're doing the stuff. And I mean, shoot, like, what was it, Expendables? Or, I don't know, some really cheesy action movie where, like, a stunt performer got, like, horribly maimed. And you're like, that's nuts. I mean, to basically do a job like that. And it's not even, like, law enforcement where you're getting shot at. Like, this is all pretend. And you're still risking your life. Like, how do you not recognize that? That is a totally, totally valid fucking point to make. I completely agree with you. One thing I learned while working with the stuntmen was that um, when we would do all of our fight choreography, not, not for the show, but when, you know, when we worked out, we would just go over fight choreography for all that shit. One thing that I learned, which I don't know why it is, but it's very much true. And it goes for pretty much everybody. Whenever you're doing fight scenes, it's more fun to be the guy that gets beat up in a fight than it is to be the guy that wins. Don't ask me why. I have no idea why, but it is because when we would do all of, all of our fight choreography, at first they would have me do the choreography where you know, okay, then you, you know you're gonna you're gonna do a jump spinning hook kick and then you're gonna you know then you're gonna land and do a push kick and then you're gonna punch him and then you know then he goes down and you win, Chris. And I was like, okay, yeah, you know, we do it and that's done. Okay. Well, then the first time that I got to do one where they were like, okay. And now, okay, Takahiro is going to come in, and then he's going to just, like, deck you, and then you're done. And then just, like, do, like, a flip and land on the ground. And I was like, that's so much cooler. I like that. Let's keep doing that. No, just beat my ass more. It's much better. <laughs> Which I guess on your season, I mean, they did a lot of it. I mean, you know, back in the day, let's say whatever 
crazy monsters would pop up. You know, everybody'd be like, all right, let's fight. Music comes on. Everybody's doing cool martial arts, but no one's really taking any hits. But by the time, like, Pirates in Space happened, like, every character is just getting housed. I'm like, holy crap. Like, you're beating up children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was actually, Rando and I were talking about it the other night because we were actually talking about Ecliptor. Oh, Ecliptor is my dude. Yeah, we were talking about the relationship between him and Andros, and what Rando and Kat had come up with was that they think that Ecliptor is Andros's father and Astronomer's father, which is why he was always so protective of her. And I was like, oh my god, you just blew my mind, plus he's like Darth Vader, and now I love you. They mentioned that, and then he was like, yeah, and there's also this fight where Ecliptor was fighting Andros, and he's just fucking hammering him. And I watched it. Because he told me which one it was. I couldn't remember the name of the episode. And I watched it. And like at the very end, like Ecliptor just lets him get away. He was like, no, no, that's fine. You can go. Whatever. I'm not, I'm not here to kill you. And I was like, holy shit. I just got my ass handed to me. That was brutal. Wow. <laughs> like some of those fights with Ecliptor, I mean, th- that's fatal. No one's coming back yeah. from that. <laughs> yeah, my character should have been dead many times over. Yeah. But I just thought it was funny, like with that whole show where, you know, when the rest of the characters from Turbo come on to like the mega ship, or whatever, and they meet the Red Ranger, and he's by himself, and you know, I work alone. He's doing that whole spiel. So you know, he literally just like drops him off on the uninhabited planet. <laughs> No way home. Like, all right, fuck off, guys. I, I'm doing my thing. They're getting their asses handed to him. He comes back. You know, Andros hands them the morphers. And the first thing I'm thinking is, wait, what happened to the other guys who owned these before you? Well, you know, that's also another thing that I've, I've had a lot of conversations about. And one thing I didn't think that was done well enough for the character was that he should be pretty mentally psychotic. Not to the point where it's like, you know, oh, I see somebody, uh, run him over, kill him, stab him, stab him. No, but he should have had a mental breakdown long long ago because if you look at it obviously there are other guys that were on his team they're dead yeah he has all their morphers and zane is dead he's just keeping his body alive in the fucking meat locker in the back of the uh, spaceship so if you look at it like okay he was able to save him but he wasn't able able to save the others and then on top of that Everybody from his planet is dead, and his sister went missing when he was, like, six or some shit like that. He should be emotionally, like, just fucking gone inside. He should be some level of psychotic, Um, which that was the thing that I always felt like I think they could – I mean, they couldn't do it because it's a kid show. But if they could have written it with a far more adult mindset – yeah, yeah, he should have been mentally completely unstable. And, you know, there's no reason why the character would have turned around and been like, well, you know what? You guys talked me into it. Here, have these things. Uh, this was my ex-girlfriends and this was my ex-friend. And yeah, they're all dead now. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that he would fucking just do that. Right. Given level of loss that he's had and all this shit. I would think that it would take quite a bit more talking into like months. Yeah, that'd be a lot of therapy. I mean, yeah. granted, the only person he talks to is a fucking computer. I mean, granted, <laughs> it answers back, but... <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I know you said that you're really kind of 
not really following anything Power Rangers related, but um, I know Boom Studios is doing like a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers comic uh, currently. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty good because, I mean, th- it gets into the whole Green Ranger thing. You know, he's a bad guy now. He's a good guy. But, like, he's still, like, fucked up about it. Like, he's still, like, his conscience is taking the form of Rita. And she's like, you know what? You know, she's essentially trying to psych him out. And, you know, he's having issues where he's not listening to the Red Ranger. Red Ranger's pissed off. They're arguing with each other. No one really trusts them and stuff like that. And it's cool because, okay, it's not really super dark, but it gets a little into a little bit more, I guess, intense subject matter than they ever would have allowed on the show. You know, there's no blood, there's no gore, no one's getting, like, killed or anything, but it kind of, there's a little bit of an edge to it, and it'd be really cool if there was some sort of comic for In Space where it actually goes into that story where, oh, shit, all of my friends are dead. I would really like that. I would really, really like that if they did that and showed, no, this is actually what he would be like. Uh, He is one flew over the cuckoo's nest, 100%. Yeah, he's gone. So, yeah, I think they should do that. Chris, thank you so much for chatting with me. I I had a great time, and thank you so much. This has been super fun. I really appreciate you taking the time out. Thank you, man. I really appreciated this, too. I thought this was a lot of fun. And before we we sign out really quick, I would like to say today is uh, March 8th, and it is International Women's Day. So happy International Women's Day to anybody who listens to this. I believe it's all about appreciating women for what they do and more importantly who they are so there you go absolutely and thank you for mentioning that because that cannot be stressed enough (laughs) that's super smooth man awesome (laughs) but in the spirit of promotion before we do sign off um if you want to plug anything like la crazy town or any social networking or youtube channel please feel free to do so my website for my comic is westcoastcomics.net please go there check it out Uh, i have a facebook fan page Check that out. It also has a store attached to it where you can buy crap. Oh, my God. I have all kinds of stuff that's really cool. So check that out, too. It's on my Facebook fan page. (laughs) That'll do it for this episode of Adrian Has Issues, and we will see you next issue. Thank you for listening to Adrian Has Issues. Please be sure to visit adrianhasissues.com to stream or download our other great episodes. Like us on Facebook at Adrian Has Issues, on Instagram at Adrian Has Issues Pod, and follow us on Twitter at Adrian Has Issues. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and on the Satchel Podcast app, available on iOS and Android. Adrian Has Issues is a proud member of the Nerd Sloth Network, home to such great podcasts as Nerds on Tap, Cinefreak Critique, and Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom. 
Visit them at nerdsloth.com.